We're going to continue on with the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' Sermon. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying... Now, I'm going to stop right there just for one second. I ain't going to make you stand long. His disciples went to him. We've already been learning through some of this. We've got to have a hunger and thirst for God, right? And so his disciples... They went to him, and when they went to him, he taught them. When we're hungry for God, God will teach us. Anything that we might misunderstand or not, or not know about, if we will go to him, he will teach us, and he will teach truth. Period. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You remember, that's the ones that are broken. We see ourselves compared to a holy and righteous God, and we realize we're broke. I don't care if you've got $40 million in the bank and four houses and you own half of the beach in Myrtle Beach. You're broke if you don't have Jesus. And that's what he's talking about here. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And that's true repentance. We mourn over sin. We mourn over the stuff that's taking advantage of us, the sin that takes advantage of us. And we mourn over, we cry out to God, and that's where true repentance happens. Repentance is going this way, and that's not the right way. You turn and go that way. It's not saying, I'm sorry. It's not saying, forgive me, Lord. It's a part of it. But true repentance is saying, I'm not walking that way anymore. I'm walking this way because that's where the Lord's going. And we've got, we got to walk with him. Because he don't change, and he ain't going to turn around and walk with you the wrong way. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness is not weakness, right? Right? No, it's strength that is yielded or submitted to the Lord. That's what meekness is. Jesus wasn't a, a weak fellow, was he? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Who, who is the righteousness? Jesus Christ. He's the righteousness. If we get hungry, just like you've been out and, and you've been gone for a week and for seven days you ain't seen a bite of food, much less had any, and you ain't had a drink of water in three days, I don't care if they walk up and going to give you Publishers Clearinghouse Award. You ain't going to care about it because the only thing that is on your mind is eating. Got to have something to drink. I got to have some food. And we hunger and thirst after Jesus, after his righteousness. And we will be filled if we get hungry. If we're not hungry, we won't be filled. It's like him drawing nigh to his people, right? He draws nigh to, to those. If we praise him, when we lift him up, he draws nigh. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's where we're at today. We'll stop there. You can be seated. Can we give the Lord some praise for his word, what he's teaching us? You know, this stuff we're reading here, you don't get to pick and choose what you want. You got to, it, it all falls together. It plays on one another. So he's kind of laying it out there for us to see about the plan of salvation, actually. And, and then how we're going to grow. And, and we, have to, we have to do that. Be broken over what sin is. And then we truly repent. And then we become yielded to him. This word we become yielded to. We don't pick the parts we like and exclude the parts we don't like. The world's wanting us to do that, right? You're not supposed to say nothing about the homosexuals. If there's any here this morning, I'll tell you now, we love you. But you're living in sin. And that has to change. There has to be repentance. Amen? It's not being mean. 
but you're getting ready to walk off of a cliff that's a big abyss and you're going to burn forever and ever unless something happens, unless something changes. And I promise you, if Jesus will get in your heart, regardless of what it is each of us are dealing with, we will be set free if we're hungry for Him and if we're submitted to Him. Amen. So blessed means happy or fulfilled, to be complete. That's what we've already learned. It, it, it has nothing to do with circumstances. We are people, and circumstances can make us do this, can't we? We can just ride up and down. Circumstances, and we just ride up and down. We don't know what's going on. But mercy is a godlike characteristic. These are all uh, attitudes that we should have. Beatitudes are attitudes. So it, it's a characteristic that is in our heart and our mind to those who are born again. If you're not born again, you're going to have a very difficult time showing mercy. Very difficult time. Because if you have mercy, you can show mercy. Right? I've got a, a jug of water right here, and if sweetie wants it, I can give it to her. But if I didn't have that jug of water, I don't care how bad her want is, I can't help her. And therefore, mercy is a very important thing. It's not when we feel bad for somebody that's going through a sickness. Yeah, we got people that's going through sickness. That's not mercy. That's, not, that's sentiment. We have that. What about whenever we walk down the streets and we see homeless people? Cold at night. It's wintertime and they're under a blanket or laying on a grate in some of these cities. They've got nowhere to go. And we feel sentiment for them. But that's not what mercy is. You understand? That's not mercy just feeling bad for somebody. Uh, mercy you know, ain't it amazing how we always think it's somebody else's duty to take care of it? That's a good place for an amen. Every one of us is guilty of that. I wonder why they don't do something about that. Don't we? Come on. We do that. He should do that. She should do this. She should do that. No. It's what we should be doing. But what mercy is, mercy is actually compassion in action. The two actually go together. And, and when you're merciful, you're acting like God. That's how He is, right? Every one of us know if it wasn't for mercy, we wouldn't be saved. He could have he got rid of us a long time ago. But mercy, and even after we got saved, it's mercy that is with us that keeps us growing. He, he don't knock us out and say, well, you, you numbskull and get out of the way. No, it's mercy that keeps him still working on us. Right? Like the potter. You know, he makes the clay. He makes it what he wants. If it ain't turned out right, he tears it down. He starts again. He gets it right. And it's up to that clay to be submissive to his hand. Lamentations 3 and 22 says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. That tells you that mercy and compassion, they go hand in hand. You don't have one without the other. You can't have the other one unless you got the other one. Does that make sense what I'm telling It goes together. And that's exactly who Jesus is. Uh, did you thank God when you woke up this morning? You made it to church. Every day is a gift from God. You see... I've heard people say this, and I, you can disagree with me if you want, but why did God take somebody, take somebody's life? If 
Folks, God don't take people's lives. He gives it. And when they ain't around anymore, He stopped giving life for this world. If you're saved, you're good to go for the next. That's the graduation. That's the retirement community that we want to be in. There's nothing on earth that can describe what heaven is. It's so grand that I just can't tell you. Streets of gold, I mean, don't that sound wonderful? It does whenever we like gold. And maybe it is gold. I don't know, but I'm telling you now that heaven is so much more than what we can even comprehend. We just haven't seen or known the fullness of who God is and what heaven's going to be like. Yes, he gives us scriptures, but you know what? When you're trying to explain something to somebody, I explain something to my children when they're little. I had to get down to their level to help them understand it. Couldn't talk too technical. That's how God is with us. He gets down to where we are. Didn't Jesus come down to our level to help us? Now, that's mercy. That's compassion in action. That's what it is. Ephesians 2 and 4 says, But God who is rich in mercy because of his love with which he loved us, therefore be, uh, in, in Ephesians 5 and 1, therefore be intimidators, uh, intimidators, imitators of God as dear children. You see, his mercies never end. And then he goes on there in chapter 5 and says to be imitators of God, to be like him. That's what he's saying. Be like God. And I talk to people a lot, and they're like, well, I can't be like God. I'm a human being. He's God. No, that's not what the Bible's teaching us, folks. If we think that we have an unaccomplishable goal, then we won't go for it, right? I mean, most of us, if I told you there was a million dollars in my trunk out there to go get it, you're not going to get up and walk out because you don't believe it's there. I'll tell you right now, it ain't there. (laughs) Don't get up. That's the reason I'm not a millionaire is it would destroy me. And God knew that, so I'm not. But to be like God, to show this picture a little better, let's, let's go to Luke uh, 10. And there's this rich lawyer that's coming forth. Uh, he's going to talk to Jesus. Let's read what it says. We're going to go through 20, 25 through 29. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? You see that? He asked him, What's written in the law? And then exactly what do you understand out of that? You see, we have discussions many times among us, and maybe I preach and you're sitting there going, Well, I'm not so sure about that. What is your understanding of it? The interpretation of it? It's like the law of our land. It comes down to the interpretation of what the law is. It's written, but we have to interpret it right. We have to interpret the Word of God right. So that's what he's asking him. So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Isn't that pretty simple? Amen? Isn't that pretty simple? Oh, it is. Okay, so if we got a bigoted heart in us, can we love the people from the other side of the tracks? Can we love the people coming across the border illegally? Can we love the drunkard? 
we better. See, that puts a whole different spin on it, don't Because we choose the stuff we want to love and the stuff we don't or the people that we want to love or the people that we don't. Let's read on here. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my brother? Who is my neighbor? Your neighbor is every person that's walking on the face of this earth today. Regardless of where their walk is, regardless of what's going on, they are your neighbor. If you love them, then you're going to be like Christ, and you're going to be able to lead them to him, or at least tell him. Everybody's not going to get it. We know that. Jesus didn't get everybody to see what was going on, did he? So we know that. We're not going to reach everybody, but we don't just sit down and suck our thumbs and say we're not doing anything. No, we keep on doing what the Lord has called us to do. And, and, and this guy was looking for a loophole. I can't tell you how many times since I've been a believer, and even since I've been a pastor, we have discussions over certain parts of the Bible. We already know that's a hot spot for somebody. Wanting to figure out a way to not have to do this or whatever. This is okay. We'll pick up the scriptures to try to justify something. You cannot find loopholes in God's word. Can I tell you that? It's not there. You won't find it. This fellow tried to do that with, with, the, with the Lord. Did you know you can actually know the plan of salvation? You can actually uh, uh, quote every bit of Chronicles and maybe half of the Psalms and still go to hell. Did you know that? I mean, Jesus told us that. There's going to be some people on that day that's going to say, hey, we got it right, didn't we? No, I don't know you. You got to get out of here. You're not coming to heaven with me. That's what he's saying. And you see, that's, that's people that's going to think of, of where they are and, what, and, and that they know these things. But Jesus goes on and he does this, this, uh, this parable. He's talking to this fellow. Now he starts talking to him about the Good Samaritan. And then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, he took out some money, and he get, yeah, that's two days' wages, by the way. He took out two denarii and he told the innkeeper, he says, if it costs more, when I come back, I'll repay you. I'll make it right. So he asked the guy, he says, which of these three do you think it was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And the man answered, and he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do Likewise, you have to understand the context of this. The Samaritans were the people that were left behind in the captivity 
They had been marrying, intermarrying as bearing pagans and stuff like that, and the Jews just absolutely could not stand them. They was from the wrong side of the tracks. They didn't walk with us over here. Jesus gave us something to think about, didn't he? By the way, they didn't care much for Jesus either, did they? You know why? Because he brought truth into them, and truth that would set people free, truth that would make a difference in a life. It didn't go along with what the religious rulers wanted. It was messing up their day, and so they didn't like Jesus either. You see, most of us will say, who is my neighbor? Well, I don't want to love somebody that I don't want to love, and I don't want to have to show mercy for somebody I don't want to have to show mercy to. Is that right? No, it's not. Not according to what the Lord teaches us. See, the priests knew the rituals. They knew how many candles to light, when to light them. They knew all about putting together uh, communion, all the rituals that had to be done. And we have that, right? If the service happens to go just a little bit wrong, sometimes we're like, whoa, it just throwed us a curve, and it messes us up. These people were dogmatic about it. They realized, they thought that if you didn't do this, 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 and this, God can't move. Do we see that today in this world? Even in the churches, if you don't do it this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, God's not going to move. He's not going to bless that. He's not going to show up. Well, these were the same people that walked by the guy who was, a, he, who, who was a, beaten by these thieves and, 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 and just left for dead. And they saw him and they said, I don't have anything to do with that. And the Levites, they knew the law. They could quote the stuff. They knew. And by the way, Jesus, when he came into Jerusalem, said, you should have known this day. If you knew the law so well, the day I come riding in on the donkey and the palm branches are waving, you should have known what was going on. But you didn't. You're telling people to be quiet. You're telling them to hush them up uh, because they're making such a scene. But you should have known. These Levites should have known something. But yet, what did they do? They went to the other side. He, he, he don't fit. We don't, we don't do nothing for him. But the Samaritan, the very one that the Jews hated, had compassion. You see the picture there? Think of the Samaritan as Jesus. He was rejected, right? He was hated. And what did he do? He poured some oil on him, which represents the Holy Spirit. And he poured some wine on him, which represents the blood of Jesus. And instead of making the poor guy walk to the end and say, all right, I've done this for you, and you go on. No, he went with him and he even put him up on his own animal. And he carried him to an end. And he took care of him. And he actually paid the price so that he could be taken care of. That's what he did. That's a picture of Jesus. That's what compassion looks like. And this guy couldn't get the picture. And I'm afraid many times in churches we forget to get the picture. We start putting a, a categorizing people. Well, let me tell you something, folks. There are three classes of people in this world. You want to know who they are? And by the way, you're one of them. And so am I, by the way. I'll just say it that way. There are the beater-uppers, there are the passer-uppers, and there are the picker-uppers. Can you all remember that? Beater-uppers, passer-uppers, and picker-uppers. Everybody say, beater-uppers. What's next? What's next? It's three types of people in this world. Every single person's here. It's three type, maybe three types of people sitting in this room. 
The beater-uppers are the ones always hurting people. They're always robbing, thieving, stealing, murdering. They're doing all these kinds of things. They're beating the people up. And in my opinion, it's not just that. It's the stuff that people get addicted to. All the pornographers in this world, they are beater-uppers. And in my opinion, you can have your own. That's a good argument to have sometime. But these places that sells the liquor and the beer and all this stuff, they're the same thing. They're making a profit off of somebody's addiction. They are the beater-uppers. Am I right or wrong? Then, Lord help us, we got the passer-uppers. And many of them have their names on church rolls across this nation and around this world who says, you take care of it. I'm not getting my hands dirty. I just don't want to fight this battle with them. I know if I go and bring this truth, they're going to fight back, and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be hard. He never said anything wasn't going to be hard. He never said it was going to be easy. He told us to do. And when truth comes flying in, it's going to set people free if they will allow it. We have to be submitted and allow that to come in. Now, you don't might think that what I'm talking about this morning is off track. But mercy is plumb, straight down, rooted in truth. This. You want to know who God is? Read your Bible. You don't understand something? Pray. Ask Him to show you. He will. But you've got to sit down long enough to listen. You've got to have your time with the Lord. Don't be so busy that God don't get time to come and talk. You see, truth is linked with mercy. See, mercy is not minimizing sin. Do you understand? That's not what I'm talking about this morning, that we're trying to minimize what sin. You see, when you, when you have mercy, you withhold judgment. Judgment, by the way, is actually needed. It's expected. But mercy withholds that judgment. Do you understand? Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. When you withhold judgment, and it's supposed to happen. I mean, the law will judge us. We don't know that we're doing wrong until we know the law, right? You went to driver's school. How many of you went to driver's school? And what did they do? They taught you all the laws of the road, right? You had to take a test. And if you didn't pass that test, you don't get to drive. Why? Because there are laws that are expected to, to be taken care of, to be followed. Why are they to be followed? For safety's sake. Well, then what happens? People don't do that. So now you've got to have a police force to go out and enforce the law. Right? If we didn't, we'd have chaos. Am I right about that? Chaos would be running rampant in this world. But God teaches us about mercy. You ever heard anybody say, well, why did God do this or why don't he do that? You know how we pray. We like to tell God what to do, don't we? Am I right? Anybody else do it besides me? I still got a lot of growing to do yet. Tell God what to do. And when it ain't happening that way, well, God must not be happy. And God said no at the start if you'd just been listening. And, and, and people said, well, God's not fair. I'm going to tell you something right now. He ain't fair. As I told my kids, fair is a place that you go and judge livestock and apple pies. 
God's not fair, not in the sense that we are. But I'll tell you what, He is just and He is merciful. His truth will never change. It ain't changed in 2,000 years. The stuff we read going on in the Bible can go on today. Amen? And therefore, His truth is always coupled with this mercy. And, and if I come to the final judgment and I say, God, here I am. I'm here at the final judgment. I have denied you. I have refused you in every way that I possibly can. I've cursed you. I've ignored you. I went on my own sinful way. Everything is fine, but here I am on judgment. Lord, have mercy on me. Do you think I'll get mercy? That's a question you can answer. Do you think I'll get mercy? You don't know what to say, do you? Good. I think I did the right thing. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and 28. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I'm going to ask you again, if I live like I want to live and do what I want, and I come at the day of judgment, and I say, Lord, have mercy on me, do you think I'm going to get it? It's an emphatic no. Not, not trick questions, but we should know these things. It's not going to happen. That's not the way that it works. You see, everybody in this building this morning is going to walk out these doors either under the blood or trampling on the blood. Everybody. Every one of us will do that. Did you know that? Choose to be under the blood. Choose to be submitted to the Lord. Choose to be submitted to the to His Word. Choose to let our hearts be hungry and thirsty for the things of God and to know who He is. Choose to be that way. And you say, well, I don't get all this. What if you went to the doctor tomorrow? You've been having pains and the doctor comes in and he checks you out. When he checks you out, he comes back and he's got this grim look on his face. And he says, you know what? You've got something that we don't even know what it is, but if we do know we don't have a cure for it. There, there's nothing that's passed. And you go, but Doc, you've got to do something. You can't let me die. I'm still young. I've I still got things I need to do. And he's like, but there's only one thing that I know of, but it hasn't been approved by the FDA yet, I, I, and it's going to be very, very expensive. Well, Doc, I, I need this, and I, I can't afford it. Do something, Doc. And the doctor sends you home four or five days one day you have a knock at the door and the doctor's standing there and then, man he's been up for four or five days you can tell it he's just weak he's battered he's beaten he's got a black eye he's got some cuts on him he's got blood on his shirt but in his hand he's holding the vial and he says you know what I got it while I was on my journey, my son went with me, and while I was on my journey, I've been beaten up, I've been robbed, 
all kinds of things have gotten. I got there to get the stuff. I took all the money that I had, but you know, it wasn't enough. I've mortgaged my house and my land so that I could have enough. I finally, I had enough to get this for you. And on the way back, my son was killed in an accident. That's the blood you see on my shirt. I've gave everything that I can so that you can have this vial of medicine. And what if that guy grabbed that bottle of vial of medicine and threw it down and busted it? See, it's the same thing with us. We tell the world, we learn with each other, but sometimes we take the Lord Jesus and just throw him down. I don't want the things of God. How can we sit in a room together as a church, as a body of believers, and we not like one another? How can we sit in a community or show up at another church? You know, we're not in competition with nobody here. I'm not in competition with Gary Vernon over in Lynchburg. I hope they're doing well this morning. I'm not in competition with him. I'm Ken. He's Gary. That's just how it is. But it can't be that we take the things of God and say, you know what? I don't want to like this guy. I don't like how he is. I don't like how he rolls. It's the same thing as taking that cure, which is Jesus, and just slamming it on the floor. Because I don't want it. I don't have to be this way. I don't have to receive this. Or the good one. I don't see it that way. What did he ask the guy on the road? How is it that you see this scripture? What's your interpretation of it? And see, we don't get that. We don't get to have that, that, uh, that freedom. The scripture is the scripture. It says what it says and it means what it says. It's not hard, folks. But that's the picture that we have here. And we, and we think, well, who would do that? But you know what? God gave His precious Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to purchase our salvation. He gave everything He had. He went to the, as far as He could go and gave everything that He had so that we, who would be unappreciative many times, won't receive what He gives us. Hey, man, don't we love God this morning? You just got to praise Him right now. He gave everything. Heaven gave up its riches. He gave up everything so that we could have salvation. This morning, the precious blood of Jesus. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Now that doesn't mean that because I'm forgiven, I give mercy. It's because I have received mercy, I give mercy. You see, my, I'm going to show you my billfold right now. And I didn't set this up because this is how it always is. You see any dollar bills in that thing? I mean, it's dusty and lonely in there. Huh? I picked it off of you coming up the aisle this morning. Don't tell nobody. I'll set you right in a minute. But if Sweetie is needing a dollar, there's no way possible I can give her a dollar because I don't have one. But if somebody gives me a dollar, now i got something I can give her. And I can't withhold that. If she needs, I love this woman. If she's needing a dollar, she's going to get a dollar. If I can possibly manage it. You see, if you've never received mercy, which by the way is tied to salvation, 
You can't give it. I'll let you read on into that. I'm not going to tell you. You can't give it if you don't have it. And we serve a Savior this morning who knows exactly what every one of us go through. That's why we leave judgment to Him. Because there's not a person breathing air this morning around this globe that He does not want them. He, he wants them. He went to the cross for them just like He did for me. He wants them. He wants them to be able to see the light. He wants them to be able to walk through this life, this journey with Him. Yeah, there's going to be some hills, but you've got to hang on to Him. There's going to be some dark spots, but you've got to hang on to Him. But He wants every one of them. Then who are we to say this guy or that guy or that gal or that gal is not worthy? We can't do that. No, no. If we've received mercy, then we will give it. We will want to give it. You see, it's a, it's, it's a cycle. The more mercy you give, the more you get. Right? If you're faithful over little, he'll make you ruler over much. It's a, it's a revolving door. And you want to see God growing in your life. And you want to see God growing in our church and in our community. We start doing what he tells us. You have mercy. Judgment is his. Ain't nobody making it to heaven ain't supposed to get there. Don't worry about it. Not our place. Our place is to give that mercy and keep giving that word. If somebody hadn't kept giving me the word, I wouldn't be saved now. I had heard, but I didn't do nothing with it. Had God given up on me then, I would be lost. I'd be as lost as a goose in a snowstorm, man. I wouldn't know anything. I wouldn't know none of y'all. This guy, he, 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 he 20-some years old, lost his eyesight. Couldn't see light, couldn't see nothing. It was just darkness. That's all he could see. Couldn't see nothing. And he feels better in his life. He, he feels, man, why did this happen to me? Why did this have to happen to me? This vision center, this place for blindness. And the guy sitting at the desk, the, the overseer of this place, like a dean out of college, he says to him, we're going to do everything we can so that you can make the most out of your life. He says, you know what? I, I just can't get on board with that. He says, would you give it some time? He said, I'm going to introduce you to a guy. He's going to show you around a little bit. And maybe you'll be able to see, so to speak, what we have to offer. So this guy comes into the room, takes him by the arm, and says, okay, now I want you to listen to every instruction I give you. You can trust me. If you feel lost, all you can do is just hang on to my arm. I'm not going to lead you anywhere bad. He says, stand up, and we're going to turn around, we're going to take ten steps, and we're going to open the door. Door handles are located, same place door handles are. You know, about right here. I'll do it over here on this side for you guys. You in the middle, you have to do it without. About right here. That's where the door handles are. When we go out the door, we're going to make a right. And we're going to take 15 steps down. We're going to make another right. And then we're going to go down some stairs. There's going to be 15 of those stairs. When we get to the bottom, we're going to turn left. And we're going to take 75 steps through this garden, this beautiful garden that we have out here. And then I'm going to take you to your dorm. So he takes his hand and he's walking with him. And he's still talking him through it. He did, laid out the plan for him. But then he starts at every place, at every, every milestone, he's saying, okay, now we're going to turn. Now we're going to do this. 
and they get out and they're walking through this garden. This guy is seeing things that he never thought he'd see in his mind. He could smell, he could hear the birds, he could hear the bees, he could hear everything that was going on. And those flowers, they'd smelled like they'd never smelled before. But he was counting his steps. He, he knew what he was told to do. He takes him up, he shows him into his dorm room, how to get around in his dorm room, where the furniture's set, where the sink is, the fridge is, the stove, the microwave. He shows him all of that, and he says, now we're going to go back, and I'm going to talk you through it. And they make that journey all the way back. What happens is they get back in that office, and this guy's now transformed. He's got a whole different outlook. His countenance is better. His parents notice it. And he looked at the guy, and he said, am I going to have you around to help me until I get this? He said, because I have to have somebody that can see who can help me. And you know what the guy told him? He said, I'm blind too. You see, that's mercy. I did some bad stuff in my life. But Jesus promised me if I would make him my Lord, he would forgive me. He didn't say I was going to be rich. He didn't say any of that. He said, I will forgive you. Now the world wants to throw you past at you. And sometimes your own mind will. And sometimes the people you know want to throw yesterday at you. But it ain't no more. You see, mercy gives mercy. That's what mercy does. That's what it's about. That's compassion in action. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive what? Mercy. You get it, you give it, you get it back, you give it, you give it back. It's a revolving door. That's how we are to live our lives. That's how we walk with Jesus. You see, he, he's not blind. He knows everything. But you want to know something? That day that he was on Calvary, and he was hanging there for the sins of this world, the stuff maybe they didn't even know about that's going on today, he was there. He was experiencing it. And in his flesh, he can go back to the Father and he can say, you know what? We're going to have mercy because you had mercy on me. I was raised from the dead and it was all by the power of God. I was raised from the dead. It was because of that mercy that he went to the cross for you and me. It was because of that mercy that he can have long-suffering or patience with you and me. Now, if we have the character of God, we act the same way. Amen? Well, Ken, you're blind. Well, I'll tell you what. I can tell you where not to go. I can help you get out of some things, uh, uh, but I can't that, but now maybe Danny can help you with that. Do you see what I'm talking about? We all have this testimony. We all have this thing in life that we've done, and we all have, a, have, have Jesus to thank for. And therefore, who has received a lot of mercy? They can give a lot of mercy. Amen? Isn't God wonderful? I just love Him to death. I just love Him to death. If our God, who loves us so much to forgive us, how on earth can we not forgive those that do wrong to us? Amen? If we're going to be like him, and that's what this is all about. When you signed on with Jesus, Dylan, you signed on to be with him. Son, you're not going to be where your granny is right now. 
She's been in this a long time. She's, got a, she's had a lot of teaching. She's went through a lot of trials, I'm sure. But they grow you, don't they, Sister Francis? So don't give up on Jesus. You stay with him. You hang on to him like you're the little blind boy because he knows the way. And that goes for every one of us in here this morning. He knows the way and he'll see us through it. Amen. Mercy.